Okay, thank you for joining me today. My name is Osmond, and I will be teaching on Psalm 127. Please, if you have your Bibles, uh, open up and follow along. Uh, and I will be starting here. Unless the Lord builds a house, those who build labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxiety toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gates. Psalm 127 uh, is attributed to King Solomon. In fact, you can even find his name hidden in the psalm. You know how artists sometimes hide their name, uh, names in paintings. Well, Solomon has done the same with this psalm. The word translated, those he loves, in verse 2, is the Hebrew word, Jedidai, which means beloved. This was the special name God gave to Solomon in 2 Samuel 12, 25. Normally, we think of Solomon as a writer of the Psalms rather than, uh, a writer of the Proverbs rather than Psalms, but the Bible tells us that he wrote over a thousand songs. First King it's 432 perhaps he his proverbs were better than his songs we certainly have a lot of them but we had the song preserved for us and you notice that that it even re resembles the book of proverbs in some ways like proverbs it's full of short phrases and vivid imagery it is categorized as a wisdom poem yet is it is more connected than proverbs all the phrases work together as a unit, therefore it's more appropriate as a song. Unlike Proverbs, Psalm 127 had a melody which would actually have been sung as a song. Today, Jews recite, recite this psalm as a part of a Thanksgiving service following the birth of a child. The main idea of the psalm is that without God, it is, it is not worth it. But when you give God the rightful place in your life, you can rest in his blessings. Without God, it's, it is not worth it. And when you leave the Lord out of your life, all that you do is in vain. The word vain shows up three times in the psalm. It means something that has no value or worth. It is an empty achievement. Solomon introduces this idea through two parallel images, the building of a house and the guarding of a city. He then, he then makes an application to those who labor and toil without trusting God. And then he finally closes by speaking about God's provision for our lives, using children as an example. Now Solomon also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Please forgive my uh, pronunciation of that. I've always struggled with pronouncing that book's title. In some way, in some way, the psalm is a flip side of, of the book of Ecclesiastes, which is about the emptiness or the vanity of life without God at the center. Ecclesiastes teaches us that God, work, life, and home lose their meaning. But Psalm 127 teaches us that you can rest in God's blessing because all that you need comes from God. The first part of Psalms, the psalm deals with God's blessing and provision in your work. And the second part deals with God's blessing and provision in your home. So let's look at the first part about God's blessing and provision in your work. This section tells us, um, two things in particular. Without God, your work is vain. Look at verse 1. 
unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen guard in vain. The psalmist warns us against an attitude of self-reliance in these verses. God wants you to find blessing and fulfillment in your work, but it's not going to happen apart from him. Without God, your work will be empty, frustrating, useless, in vain. These verses talk about two kinds of work, building and guarding or, or maintaining. Let's talk about building first. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. This verse talks specifically about building a house, but rather, it, it, but it really applies to anything we build in our lives, whether you're building a house, a business, a church, a home. Hebrews 3, 4 says, For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Basically, Solomon says, Don't start anything without God. Whether you're starting a school, or starting a school, or a new project, or a new job, or a relationship, don't do it without God. Proverbs 16:3 uh, says, "Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Whatever you attempt in life, commit it to God from the very beginning. Because if God is not in it, then God's blessing will not be on it. God may choose to fracture your plans, and He may simply choose to fracture you. But either way, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor in vain." So this building in vain, but then there's guarding in vain as well. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. This has to do with guarding or maintaining that which you've already built. If you want God's blessing provision in your work, you must not only start with God, but you must continue with God as well. The Great Wall of China was built to defend uh, to defend China from outside invaders. The wall is 4,000 miles long and 20, uh, 20, 20 feet high. It ranges 12 to 40 feet in, in some places. This That's about as secure as you can get. But, but the Mongols still got into China. You know how? They didn't breach the walls. They simply bribed the guards. You see, unless... The Lord watches over the city. The watchmen stand guard in vain. You might think you're invincible, that you've got all the bases covered. I once heard someone say, I have a million dollar, uh, a million dollars in insurance so I can lose everything and still get it all back. It's good to take precautions. There's wisdom in planning ahead, but it doesn't matter how many watchmen you have. It doesn't matter how much stock and bonds you have. If you leave God out of it, it's all in vain. Um, this is a quote I heard from Matt Chandler. I think he was quoting someone else. Labor without God cannot prosper, and labor against God will surely fail. You need to keep God in everything you do. That's why the book of James instructs us to say, if it, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Basically, it comes down to this. Do you expect your work to succeed because of you or because of God? Jesus said in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Don't expect God to do your work for you, but don't expect your work to succeed without God. If I got into your homework and asked him 
uh, ask his blessing on it when you need to learn we we need to learn to pray like Moses did in Psalm 90 may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us establish the work of our hands for us yes establish the work of our hands God wants you to find blessing and fulfillment in your work but it will only happen when you put him at the center whatever your task whatever you do whether you are building a house or raising a family or guarding a city or put it put god at the center and you will find fulfillment in what you do the first thing we need to do is to is to learn if you want to know god's provision and blessing in your work without god your work is in vain okay and the second application or, or second part god grants sleep to those he loves Look at verse 2. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. This is the third time this phrase, in vain, appears in the psalm. It is vain or useless rising up early and staying up late, toiling for food to eat. Now, there's nothing wrong with working hard. In fact, you're supposed to work hard. Sometimes you need to work long. But there are times there are but but there is a right way and a wrong way to work and the wrong way to work is when you leave god out of it when you're burning the candle at both ends sometimes you need to ask god for more wax but sometimes you also need to slow down trust god to provide for you working harder is not always the answer trusting god is Here's another quote from Matt Chandler. I'm pretty confident he was quoting a gentleman by the last name, but I think it was Peterson. Don't work like the devil. Work like a believer. Work like a child of God. Trust God to make your needs or to meet your needs. God wants you to work and to work hard, but he also wants to give you rest. God grants sleep to those he loves. There's no value in overworking yourself or staying up late at night worrying, but God wants you to rest in his blessing. Psalm 3 says, I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. Psalm 4 says, I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 4, 8. Most animals have a sense enough to know when to work and when to rest. They look to the Lord to meet their needs, and, so, and we should too. Psalm 104 says, The moon marks the season, and the sun knows, knows when to go down. You bring darkness, you bring night, and all the beasts of, of the forest prowl. The lion roars for their prey and seeks their food from God. The sun rises, they steal, they steal away, they return, lie down in their dens. Then man goes out to his work, to his labor until evening. Work while it is a day, well, work, work while it's a day, and when the night comes, rest, unless you're doing um, night shift, of course. And Jesus slept in a boat during a storm in Mark 4, 38. And you can see sleep at night knowing that God will take care of you. God wants you to trust him rather than to worry. Remember what we learned back in Psalm 121. 
God never slumbers or sleep. When you are sleeping, God is still working. God stays awake so we don't have to. Work your, uh, work your fingers to the bone, and what do you get? Bony fingers. That's a funny joke. Uh, well, God doesn't want you to have bony fingers. God wants you to have a good night's rest. So re receive sleep as a gift from the Lord when God, with God in charge, you can rest, you can sleep. Proverbs 10, 22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. Work, beca work becomes toil when you take away God's blessing when, and when you trust God's provision and care, you can rest in his blessing. You can rest in his blessing while you work and you can rest in his blessing while you sleep. There are two extremes we need to avoid here. Don't try to do it all yourself and don't expect God to do it all for you. Don't become a workaholic and don't become a shriekaholic. There's, there is nothing wrong with building and maintaining or working hard. These things only lose their value or meaning when we remove them from trust in the Lord. No prayer without work and no work without prayer. Psalm 127 makes it really simple. Work hard, finish your day, trust God, go to sleep. And so here's, and then here's the second uh, part of their part of the teaching that Psalm or Solomon is, is is showing us through Psalm 127, God's blessing and provision in our homes. Now we move from God's blessing our blessing provision in our in our work to God's blessing and provision in our home. Like verse uh, three through five, sons are a heritage from the Lord; children are reward for Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born and went to use. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they con conduct their enemies in the gates. There are three things we learned, uh, particularly from these verses. Children are a gift uh, from the Lord. That's what verse 3 says. Sons are, are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward for him. Most parents might be wondering, how does God or your parents most likely would be wondering, how does God give his loved ones both sleep and children? Somehow these two don't seem to go together, but they're, but that's not the point here. The point is that children are a gift from the Lord. As James 1, 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from a, above coming down from the Father. Just as you are dependent on for God, for your, for, for your parents, as they're dependent on God for you. Jacob in the Old Testament understood this when he talked, asked uh, about his children. He replied, they are the children of God, uh, the children God has graciously given your servant. And Hannah also understood this. She said in Samuel, I pray for this child and the Lord has granted me what I've asked of him. First Samuel 1, 27. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are also your heritage and your reward. And a rich man said to a poor man who had no children, they, These are they which make rich men poor. The poor man replied, No, these are they which make a poor man rich. For there is not one of these whom would, we would part with for all your wealth. There's this... There's this old um, German proverb that says many children make 
many prayers and many prayers bring much, much blessing. Too often today, uh, children are considered a burden rather than a blessing. Um, we need to relax. We need to trust God. We need to rest in God's blessing and provision for our homes. Children are a gift from the Lord. And I especially want to speak that truth to all of you in North Cincy's youth group. You guys are a blessing to your parents. They, they pray for you. They care about you. I just want you to take a moment um, at the end of this teaching just to pray for, the, for them and to thank God for the blessing that they are to you. And then so, and then I'll continue. In the Old, in the Old Testament uh, times, a large family was essential to survival. Having plenty of children provided security and protection for the whole family. Also, because parents lost a lot of their children to famine, war, and disease, you needed a large family up front. Some people use this verse to teach that everyone should have a large family, but it does not command that. Charles. A surgeon makes uh, this comment a quiver might be small yet full and many are blessed who have no quiver at all Psalm 127 is a beautiful psalm that teaches us to rest on God's blessing uh, at work and at home we need to all that we need comes from God the house that brings us protection the city that gives us security and stability the food and daily provision we need to sustain life the children who support and protect us in our old age we can bring none of these about by ourselves we are totally dependent on god psalm 127 teaches us four powerful principles for life commit all that you begin to the lord sustain it sustain all that you have to the lord and then recognize that all you have comes from god's hand trust god to meet all your needs when we try to do things apart from God, we miss out on His blessing. We wear ourselves out, and these things, and the things that we do, we do, we do, will not last. This especially applies to your salvation. Salvation is completely by faith in Jesus Christ and His death for you on the cross. But it also applies to everything we do as human beings. Unless the Lord builds your family, the mother raising her children labor in, in vain. Unless the Lord builds your business, the entrepreneur labors in vain. Unless the Lord builds your education, the students labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the sermon, the pastors, the pastor labors in vain. We need to put God front and center in our lives and learn to rest in God's blessing and provision in our work and in our homes. You can you can rest in God's blessing because all that you need comes from God. It doesn't depend on you. It never did and it never will. Will you rest in God's blessing and provision today?